0: This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV.
1: Acorn TV, and Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road.
0: I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, (laughs) I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries.
1: Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right and center.
0: And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show.
1: Where are you raised by Wolves Live?
0: And this time we're gonna be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th.
1: And we're gonna be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7:30.
0: So go to our website, where slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey everybody, I'm Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonomai. And we're in New York today and we had so many questions from you guys that we have a bonus episode.
1: Thank you so much for writing it. It's so exciting.
0: So our first question is, is it okay to upgrade myself to business class and leave my spouse in coach?
1: I mean, this is, I didn't even know this was happening in the world.
0: That uh, spouses would get separated in classes.
1: Yeah, that this was an issue. I've never been in business class.
0: What do you think happens up there?
1: I think there's probably dance numbers. Oh, sure. And heated seats. Heated seats. And they're making homemade candy for people.
0: Yes, there there is the taffy machine.
1: And I like to think that people are just walking around giving
0: you compliments because yes. that is what I
1: want more than people are like. Do you want a blanket? I would like a compliment,
0: please. Um. Yeah, that is what happens. Oh, oh yeah. You should upgrade next time. <laughs> so this does apparently happen. A lot. And there is a lot of different opinions about, is this okay or not? I do not think it's that complicated. I think if you are not traveling in the same class as your spouse, you are going to get divorced. I think it's as simple as that.
1: I think that's very heavy handed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't think? That's, uh... I can
1: see situations where it that's just what is going to have to happen. Well, maybe they don't have enough points for both person or maybe one of the couple has like flying issues and they really can only afford one. So it's like the one person's like, hey, I get it. You have panic attacks. Let's put you in front and I'm fine in the back.
0: Okay. I mean, I guess if it's sort of like a communal decision. Yeah, it has to be a communal decision. But a lot of times this comes up where it's the man who's asking this question, probably who has being sent somewhere on a business trip and the spouse wants to tag along and work is only paying for the business class upgrade for him. And so he's wanting to know, is it okay to leave the wife, in, you know, in the back? Okay. And so I think this is very problematic. I mean, I think you can, but she's not going to be happy about it.
1: I mean, I immediately assumed it was a woman in the business class. Okay. And then the guy was like, hey, I see that you're going to, you know, wherever. Can so this I come? this is a fantasy. No, this is... In the world. <laughs> there, are no, there are no women with jobs. And... <laughs> But I, so I immediately assumed, you know, saw it from that point of view right? where I was like, I'm going somewhere and my spouse wants to come and that would be great. But I'm not, we both can't be in business class. I don't have that. So if you want to come, absolutely. I want you there. But if I, if someone can't upgrade, we can't upgrade.
0: So I think if that's the argument, then I think you upgrade as the business person, man or woman on the way there. And then you let your spouse have the business class seat on the way home.
1: I think that's very, that's a lovely idea. That could
0: be the compromise. That maybe. seems
1: like a nice comp- It just seems like you just have to talk about it.
0: I think you do need to talk about it. I think the issue with this question is they're wanting our blessing
1: mm. for
0: leaving your spouse and coach. And it's like, mm.
1: the other thing is if the, The event you're going to is a very high stress, high pressure event. And you're just trying to get yourself in a good mind space. You know what I mean? And you can only afford one ticket in, you know. Sure. I understand
0: that. Sure. Okay. But on the the way home, trade. Yeah. And I think if you're traveling with friends and it's not a spouse, I think do whatever you want. If you want to upgrade and leave your friend and coach, like that's fine. Yeah, no bigs. I think it'd be nice uh, to fly up front sometime. Oh, I've never flown up front. Yeah, all those heated seats and can-can dancers. (laughs) Oh, I I hear about the can-can
1: dancing. (laughs) I heard sometimes they do a little flamingo, and you're like, what? Flamenco dancing? This is
0: phenomenal. I got to say, the flamenco on (laughs) Cathay, on point. Okay, our next question is, we have a problem with Doug. And so our writer uh, has written in. This is long. I'm going to paraphrase. She works in an academic department and it's fun. It's low key. They like to get together after work. They gather, they socialize. But then there's Doug and Doug apparently is a bad drunk. He gets belligerent. He gets a little handsy. He gets inappropriate and they don't like Doug. And so our writer is about to have another party and she doesn't want to invite Doug. And so the question is, how does she do that? Can she have the party and just keep it a secret from him? Apparently other people don't want Doug to be there. And so they won't go to the party if they think Doug's there. So she has to tell all those other people Doug won't be there. And you explicitly tell Doug that he's not invited. Also, his name's not Doug.
1: This is, we are, (laughs) from now on, everybody's a
0: Doug. Everybody's a Doug. We want to protect our listeners. So sorry if your actual name out there is Doug. This wasn't about you. (laughs) No, unless you are the Doug in the story, then then follow our advice. So what do we do about Doug? Doug. I feel
1: like this one's really loaded because you're talking about somebody who has a drinking problem, right? You either, everybody has to suck it up and continue having horrible parties where Doug crosses the line, or you have to be like, Doug, I really enjoy you as a colleague during the day, but you have, when you have a few too many drinks, you know, you, I don't know if you realize you say inappropriate things and make people uncomfortable. So I'm not inviting you because when you get drunk, you're a different person. And I just have that really uncomfortable, honest conversation.
0: So in this letter, they actually have done this with Doug. And Doug, I guess, is an ethnic minority and threatened a discrimination lawsuit against the university if he wasn't invited to the party which is now a total HR question, not an etiquette yeah, question. Yeah, I feel like this has gone into an <laughs> area not, where I don't. Do not send this question to our podcast. <laughs> we are not This is not past qualified. our abilities. Um, my initial thought on this was, if this is not a work event, if this is not a work party, and this is just a private event in your home, I think you can invite or not invite whomever you'd like, no questions asked, do not have to justify your guest list.
1: Right. Which is, I felt like it was a personal party. It wasn't at the school. Right.
0: So it happens to just involve a lot of work colleagues that you're also friends with. So I think if this is in your home and you don't want to invite Doug, you do not have to invite Doug. Yeah. Now you do not tell Doug he's not invited. You just don't invite him. You just don't invite him. And now it is impolite to ever ask why you're not invited to a party. Like you should never ask like, oh, why am I not invited to your wedding? You cannot ask this. But Doug being sort of a rude person, it sounds like he will probably ask.
1: Oh, it sounds like Doug's going to ask.
0: In which case, I think you just say, oh, this wasn't a work event. It was just a private party with some friends. Sorry. And I think you kind of leave it there.
1: Yeah, I would agree. But it's very uncomfortable. But sometimes we just have uncomfortable things we have
0: to deal with. The other
1: option is you invite them and continue on being uncomfortable.
0: Right. So that's no way to live. Right. So I think you have her permission to have your party, not invite Doug. Don't tell Doug he's not invited. And if Doug has a fit about it afterwards, I think that's not your problem.
1: And then if it's a work event, everybody gets invited.
0: Everyone gets invited and it's not a great work event. And so sorry. Yep. So that's the answer there now it's time for intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV, which has the best of British, Canadian, New Zealand, like all sorts of great television.
1: And they have tons of different kinds of shows.
0: Oh, yeah. All sorts of genres.
1: <laughs> I'm just severely focused on crime, mystery, murder. That's really my... Sweet spot.
0: And so, obviously, the Brokenwood <laughs> Mysteries from New Zealand, this is up your alley.
1: Very up my alley, because it combines my love of murder mysteries and my love of New Zealand, which was born from Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah, no, anything said in a seemingly quiet country town where something goes wrong, yeah, I mean, this is up your alley.
1: Also, they have a big city detective move to said small town, having to work with the local police, and they have a, a different way of doing things that everybody finds to be a bit <laughs> right. jarring. So up my alley.
0: So check that out and use promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am
1: loving getting to pick my Book of the Months.
0: fall in love? What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this.
1: (laughs) You know, love happens.
0: And you out there, you're going to (laughs) love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Our next question is from Patty in Alabama.
1: Let's take a moment to say how amazing Patty is, shall
0: we? <laughs> so, Patty uh, saw Leah Bonema perform on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, a little plug for Leah. Yeah, if you have not <laughs> seen her set on uh, Late Show, you should check it out. And so Patty saw this, and at 11:36 a.m. <laughs> after seeing her set, immediately wrote in saying how much she loved Leah. And then she bought some mugs and some t-shirts and uh, wrote in this question.
1: Also, I just want to say, Patty, I screenshotted your message and I put it in a little file that's like saved for a rainy day. And it really made me feel special. And I'd like to personally
0: thank you for being amazing. Like on a, a when you're having a bad day and you just need some affirmations, you're gonna flip open. Yeah, because Patty's- sometimes. Comedy is so
1: hard and people are just so mean. And then you're like, you know what? There's been nice things, and Patty's in there.
0: Okay. Well, everybody should be a Patty. So, Patty wants just to know what are our thoughts on burping in public? (laughs) Do you have thoughts? I know what the answer is. Okay. But is your answer also the answer? (laughs) No. Okay. So, the correct answer is no, you're really not supposed to burp in public.
1: Yeah. I think we've all agreed that you're not supposed to bourbon public.
0: We've all agreed. Do you agree, Leah Bonham? I think
1: there are moments with certain friends of yours where it's just funny. Okay.
0: So... No is the correct answer, but you are welcome to follow Leah Bonoma's advice, should you choose.
1: Um, Obviously, I'm not talking about like on a train or at a work event or, but if you're with like that one close friend and like you accidentally burp and then you both fall over giggling, I think that's delightful. Okay. Do you have a good burp? I can't burp on purpose. That's not a skill set that I worked on in college. Sometimes a little bubbly, like a seltzer water,
0: you know. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Our next question is about leaf blowers. So when we started this little podcast, I was expecting to get questions about like, oh, can I wear white after Labor Day? Things like that. We get the longest email. And it's complicated. Complicated, legal, political.
1: I feel like they're really putting a lot of trust in us.
0: Yeah. I mean, if it's come to this, that you're coming to us with this question. All right. So it comes from Los Angeles. I will paraphrase. But basically, our neighbor's gardener come Twice a week and use a gas-powered leaf blower really close to our house. We have single pane windows and so our house quickly fills up with the fumes. I texted the husband of our neighbor a couple of times to tell them this and suggested that electric leaf blowers would be really great. He agreed and loves the electric ones but ignored the idea of actually getting one for the gardeners to be using. And then they spoke with the gardeners and nothing changed. And so the question is, how do you approach a higher than mighty neighbor about this touchy subject when they are totally in the wrong? Now, two other things to add. The neighbors are apparently celebrities of some sort whose personal brand is about being green and eco-conscious. So they have like some vegan dog food company. I don't know. And the gas power blowers are actually illegal in Los Angeles, apparently. Like, you're not allowed to use them within 500 feet of a residence. But I guess there's no enforcement. So what do we do about the celebrities and the leaf blower?
1: I feel like this person had three options. Okay. One of them is they're just going to have to accept that this is what's happening, which Mm. seems like an option that nobody likes. The second one is they're going to have to have a direct confrontation and possibly have an uncomfortable relationship with said neighbor. So
0: there's going to be words.
1: Well, they're going to go over and say... The fumes are coming into our home and it doesn't make us feel good. <laughs> um, so is that what can we do to change this? Like right. a face-to-face. Right. Because the texting is clearly not happening. Or they're gonna have to call somebody and file a complaint and then bring in outside people and there's gonna that's gonna be a whole thing. That's a whole thing. So I feel like these are the three options because it's clearly not. This person isn't caring enough to be like, oh, I get what's happening here. They're suggesting, you
0: know. Yeah, I mean, etiquette at the end of the day is about subtle hints and euphemisms. And this person has tried subtle hints. And some people just don't pick up on those subtle hints. We call those people rude people. (laughs) 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 So for people who do not pick up on those subtle hints, um, that's rude. And so clearly these neighbors are definitely like those people. But I think there's a way to have a more... Pointed conversation with the neighbor without it being sort of aggressive. Yes. So I think I would start with complimenting the neighbor and the lawn be like, oh my gosh, your blue Chinese wisteria are delightful. And I love how your lawn looks. Oh, I love that. However, your gardeners and their leaf blowers are killing me slowly. Yes. But maybe you can actually make it a medical thing. Like I'm actually having medical problems because of this. And so how can we... Together, solve this problem. I think that's really terrific. The other option is if you do not want to go that route, is you do file complaints with the city, but you can do one or the other. Because if you complain and then to the neighbor and then complain to the city, well, now it's obvious who's complaining to the city. Yeah. You want plausible deniability about the complaints of the city.
1: I think that's going to be obvious who complained to the city no matter what. Yeah,
0: probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I really like your. I really think that's a perfect plan.
0: Chinese blue wisteria compliments. Yep. And then
1: how can we, you know, because it's actually, it affects, I don't don't know if you know this, but it comes into our building and then it affects my breathing. Mm -hmm. So how, what's the best way we can handle this?
0: Right. But I think you are correct that it is possible that they're just bad people. Yeah. And there's nothing to be done here. Yeah. Except move. Or causes a scene. Or you cause a scene. Or you hire a publicist and you destroy the reputations. Right, that would be in the cause a scene section. Okay, <laughs> subset. Uh, yeah, so those are, I think, your options. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm glad that we're your go-to source for leaf blower yes, etiquette. Yes, thank
1: you so much for writing it. I feel very trusted that all these people would, like with the also the colleague party, I feel like people are like, we're going to give you these really complicated issues.
0: Well, our last question, not complicated. How do you respond when someone you're eating out with Comments on what you're eating or not eating. Like if you're at a wedding and you don't want cake and people are like, oh, just have one, you can afford it. Or what, are you on a diet or something? So what do we say? What do we do? Well, I have a very deep
1: history with this.
0: Okay. As the aggressor or aggressee?
1: The aggressee. Okay. So I handle it a very certain way because I've reached my limit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that sounded very serious.
1: But I also was a cater waiter and I watched people do this Mm. to each other. So it's really amazing how many food issues people have. But as a kid, I I have this clear memory. I was at like the one store in our town where they sold ice cream treats and I got, I, I had one it was delicious. And then I was going to buy one to have for later. And the owner in front of a large group of people was like, I think you shouldn't be eating two of those. You're already very big. <gasps> um, Wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, cause he thought he was being helpful or you know what I mean? He's like, you know, you have to watch it. And I was mortified, I mean- it's, you know? So like, I feel like that's where it started with people feeling like they were just, you know what I mean? And how much people comment on what you eat. Recently I was eating at a show, you know, you're running from one show to the next. And a guy was like, are you going to eat that whole bag? And you know, it's the, it was chicken jerky. And I've been eating it all day as my meals in between, you know, but it's not his business. I'm not going to explain myself. And he
0: wasn't asking like, Oh, can I have a bite? I'd already offered. It was just like, Oh, "Oh,
1: are you going to eat that? It was just like, and so what I do, because I, I want to make people aware that it's not okay, is I repeat the, I just say, are you asking, why are you asking me about my food? You know, I try to find a way to be like, make them hear their question back.
0: Yeah. Although it goes back to that subtlety thing. These people do not pick up that subtle hint.
1: But I feel better about it. I don't feel like I took it. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to participate in my own shaming right. by answering a question that I refuse to answer.
0: Yes. And no circumstances should you actually answer the question. Never answer the question. Yes. If you, it is, if you don't want cake, there is no reason to justify this. Yeah. Because also chances are, it's not good cake. I've been to a lot of weddings.
1: Or you're not eating cake or you have an allergy or you know what I mean? Or you have a stomach issue that you don't want to talk about in front of everybody. It's just not other people's business.
0: So I think a nice way to do it is just thank them for their concern. And that's it. Or just be like, oh, thank you. I'm fine. And they'll ask the question again. And you just keep saying, thank you. I'm fine again and again until they take the hint. I think that's really good. And I think you can be colder and colder with that response if they don't get it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fine. I just find it very controlling when people talk to you about your food. Yes. Well, food and control are like inextricably
1: linked. Yeah, because people be like, I there's also that where people are often like, Eat some, eat some. And right. you're like, please back it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. So under no circumstances should you ever comment on what someone is eating or not eating.
1: Just don't do it.
0: Ever. And then, if somebody does say this to you, do not engage. Just thank them and say you're fine. And that should hopefully be the end of it.
1: Ugh. But then also put them on a mental list.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Never talk to this person <laughs> ever <laughs> again. So, these were really good questions. These were amazing questions. And if you have questions out there, send them to us. We will answer almost anything. We'll give it our best shot. Yeah. If you have a tax question, we'll try. I do my own taxes. Oh, is that a good idea? <laughs> So maybe don't send us tax questions, but everything else, send them to us through our website, wereyouraisedbywolves.com, or you can call us two six seven call RBW, and you can also send us a text message there too. And please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We would be delighted if you would follow us on Instagram and buy some official merch. Be like Patty, get oh, a mug. We love you, Patty. Get a mug, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV.
1: Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road.
0: I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries.
1: Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand, obviously, from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right and center.
0: And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV.
1: Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road.
0: I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses.
0: A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries.
1: Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand, obviously, from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right and center.
0: And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.